This is Listen Lakeland, the show that keeps you up to date on all the things that make our city a great place to live, work, and play. Today's host built her career in communications and public relations after graduating from Florida Southern College. As the president and CEO of the Lakeland Chamber of Commerce, she's charged with making Lakeland a place where business can prosper through advocacy, professional development, and education. She's on the boards of Lakeland Now, Polk Arts Alliance, and Lakeland Vision. Here's your host, Amy Wiggins. Welcome to the good life. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am Amy Wiggins, and I am thrilled to be hosting this month's uh, edition of Listen Lakeland. You know that this show is an extension of Lakeland Vision and the citizens' vision for our community and what's going to make it great. So today, I am thrilled to have one of our partners here with us. Um, Dr. Mark Hutek from the Early Learning Coalition is joining me to talk a little bit about the citizen's vision for education. For those of you who know that I like to pull out our um, our citizen-directed vision, we've got four focus areas, and one of those, of course, is a focus on lifelong education. And one, what we say our goal is that Lakeland will have quality educational opportunities for everyone. And that includes um, focus on funding and community support, programs and curriculum, career development, and an early start. And so that's why Mark is here with us. Mark, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. This is awesome. It is awesome. Well, you're awesome. And that's one of the reasons why I was so excited to invite you to join us because I think um, early start really has so many different facets to it. And so I think probably it would help us all out if you would just tell us a little bit about the Early Learning Coalition to begin. Okay. Well, the Early Learning Coalition is... um, really comprised of two major components. Okay. We've got a school readiness piece, and that started out years ago as a subsidized uh, child care okay. program. And basically, it's one of those federal programs that um, funds everywhere in the, in the country. Every state has uh, these federal funds for that purpose. And the idea started years ago to get more of the families into the workforce. Right. Okay. And, and, and obviously you take the, the socioeconomically disadvantaged folks and, and you put them into a place where they can have quality childcare and mm-hmm. then they can go to work. But I think what's happened over the years is it certainly has transitioned into more of an educational piece because sure. that, that birth to kindergarten, uh, certainly the relevance of that has really come out so much. So it's, it's become much more education-like than it has in the past being a, a childcare piece. But it does pertain specifically to those um, those parents that fall in that socioeconomic need to provide that quality child care from birth up until the time the school districts pretty much take over with the children during the day. Okay. And then the other piece to that that we serve is is the voluntary pre-kindergarten program. That has right. nothing to do with socioeconomic status. You know, every four-year-old child in the state of Florida is entitled to participate in a uh, VPK program. And it's a 540-hour program paid for by the state of Florida. And that's not federal funded. It it is funded through the state legislature. So I often talk to people when they say things about VPK, I'll say, well, you know, VPK is one of those other pots of money in the state. Mm -hmm. And in order for the state legislature to do more with it, uh, certainly, you know, you're going to rob Peter to pay Paul somewhere in the state budget. But but VPK is for four-year-olds. It's that one year prior to entering kindergarten. And it is truly designed to get children mostly academically ready, plus the ability to... 
uh, start learning those kinds of rules and transitions into kindergarten, separation from the families and that kind of thing. But it's uh, 180 days, just like a school year for the okay. most part. And it goes for three hours a day. Got it. So, so that's your 540 That's your 540 hours. hours that makes it up. Yep. Wow. Okay. So tell me about the, um, the school readiness. Mm-hmm. And that's basically like a childcare situation. What age does that begin? That starts at birth. Perfect. That starts at birth. And we've been telling folks, particularly in the, in the uh, community, the local community, and for all the listeners that are out there, the, uh, the idea is um, early, early child care mm-hmm. is uh, very difficult to find right now. And I okay. would highly recommend that anybody in the community or anybody that has access to this, uh, regardless of their community, even in the state of Florida, should you be uh, considering a family and, and mm-hmm. maybe, you know, if you are a, a pregnant mom at this point, uh, definitely, if childcare is going to be in your future, research mm-hmm. that now because oftentimes the waiting lists are longer than the pregnancy period. So, two things coming out of that. Um, yeah. Number one, can can you tell us a little bit about how we might research that and what things we might want to look for? Um, and then, and then also, can you talk a little bit about why it's so difficult to find? Well, certainly. So for point number one, the Early Learning Coalition of Polk County, and there are 30 early learning coalitions across the state, by the way. So in many times we refer to school districts being one of 67 districts Mm -hmm. based on the counties. The Early Learning Coalitions across the state do, uh, they are compromised of of all of the, um, are comprised. They're comprised of all of the 67 counties, but in many cases, some of the smaller ones kind of come together. So in Polk County, we are a larger county. We're the Mm -hmm. seventh largest in the state when it comes to early learning. And uh, we do have only our own county involved. But we are the state-designated child care resource and referral agency. Okay. So anything, anything, anything that involves children prior to the age of school age, Mm -hmm. you know, meaning up until that age of five, if you have any questions, any concerns, any developmental questions regarding your children, we've got... Uh, we've got appropriate resources that can certainly steer you in the right direction. Right. So whether whether you're going to qualify for a school readiness program based on income or not, we still are that go-to agency that can provide you um, any information that that you know would certainly be deemed necessary. And right. then your second question: Just why is why are we having yes, that shortage? The is there? Is it a shortage or is it just... Well, it is. And unfortunately, you know, some of the DCF ratios involving young children, infant mm-hmm. care particularly, um, you know, you might be able to put 15 or so children in a classroom with a, with a teacher at the age of three, four, five, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. You're not going to do that with infants. So DCF, Department of Children and Families. They regulate the, um, the capacity issues right. and the capacity rates with, with the teachers in these programs. But it, it, it is one of those situations where many child care providers... Um, tend to make more money um, mm-hmm. offering older students with higher capacities. With higher capacities. And uh, I just, it, and it's always been, infant care is a very- Labor uh, intensive. Very labor intensive. Time intensive. It is, it is. And I think it's just one of those things that's just kind of the nature of it. It's mm-hmm. You're never going to really have enough. So certainly getting on those waiting lists early would be the right right answer. So what are some things that you all would encourage um, prospective parents or new parents to look for in a child care program that that then is also supportive of that um, school readiness, I guess, I don't want to say it's an achievement, but it kind yes. of is an achievement, yes. that school readiness profile. Well, there's a lot of things to consider for parents. I mean, obviously you want to consider the location and the ease of being able to drop off, pick up mm-hmm. based on where you're working or where you're living. Those certainly are parts 
uh, of that decision. But by all means, going out there, having the conversation with the director, asking mm-hmm. them about what their priorities are, thinking about safety, looking at cleanliness, looking at all of those kinds of things. I mean, obviously, a parent can usually walk through one of those places and say, is this the kind of place I would want my child to be? Sure. Um, and, and that's a very, very important part. But even also at the Early Learning Coalition of Polk County's website, ELC.org, um, we do have links directly to the um, the Department of Children and Family Services sites okay. that then can give you much more information on providers. You can learn if they've had any issues or concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have this this um, assessment that these programs get that's called the, the class assessment. Okay. And once a year, coalition staff and some of our contracted staff will go out to every provider and do a classroom observation and look at the quality of care that the children okay. are getting. And we actually give them a rating score on that. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of resources on the ELC.org mm-hmm. um, website, polkelc.org. And you can you can do a lot of homework on child care centers near you. Wow. And you guys are staying pretty busy. At We're e- very busy. <laughs> ELC Polk County. We do. That's tremendous. So let's talk just a minute about why it's important. Why is it so critically important? We could, I know we could say just a minute, but we could probably have three Listen Lakeland programs just on the importance of not just school readiness, but um, but having access to high quality school readiness programs in Polk County. What does that mean for those of us that don't have under five in our in our homes and in our circles? Certainly. Well, what's interesting is, is that we often, as a coalition, particularly with our staff, we often have conversations in the community with various points. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's always an event going on where we're present or we'll make it a point to get in touch with parents and offer trainings and various kinds of things. But one of the things that we are quick to say is, is that the, 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 the um, experiences that children have at this age aren't preschool experiences. These are lifelong experiences. Right. And if you're going to make the if you're going to make an impact on a child at this point, you know that those are going to directly form what happens to that youngster as they develop into, you know, maturing and become obviously an adolescent into adulthood. And then the issues, concerns, mm-hmm. you know, the great things that we experience, all of those kinds of things will circle back into the community when we have these these young adults and middle-aged adults and, and all the social issues that we end up contending with, they have all been in one way or another a result of what happened to these children I at that think age. There are, there are several organizations that are kind of tracking that through. And I, what is it? 85% of a child's brain is developed by the time that they are in, in school, by yeah, the time that they're by the four. Time they're four, 90% by kindergarten. Can you wow. imagine that? 90% of your human brain. And then it takes 15 years to develop the other 10%. Oh my goodness. And it's pretty crazy. <laughs> that is, I don't even know what to do with those, with those numbers. And then beyond that, I think we, we are able to track back that students who are entering kindergarten ready to learn with some positive adult interactions that are mm-hmm. productive and positive adult interactions that we can trace them through to graduation rates and we can trace them through to um, criminal activity and recidivism rates. And so we do have a vested interest as a community. We definitely do because, I mean, you you really can track those things that you've listed. You can track things like 
teenage pregnancies, you can mm. track drug and alcohol abuse, you can track domestic violence issues, all of those kinds of interactions that children have with their societies, whatever mm-hmm. that be, um, will certainly play a huge role in forming their personalities. And in many cases, the kinds of um, activities and or those experiences that they have during these young ages mm-hmm. definitely mold how they deal with them in, in the future. Sure. And, and what we find is in that in some of these early learning environments is, is that the structure that these children have, the safety nets that they have, the ability for these children to be in a high quality um, structured place that's, that's teaching them all of those kinds of things that we want our adults to have in society, right. those are formed right then and there. Right. And I think that um, one, of the, one of the challenges for adults can be that we're, we end up being so programmed into this kind of achievement and testing and results-oriented that we may forget that sometimes it's just learning how to navigate, I want that toy, but you have it. You know, and that really becomes an an important part of the um, the ability to operate in society and <laughs> seem something so simple, but it really is a, a remarkable part of that initial eighty five percent of their yes. brains. Well, the, the the fascinating piece to child development, right, is that which exactly what you're mm-hmm. talking about, and what many people have no idea is is that there's a window. There's a window in that birth to three, birth to four age, where all of those skills, those skills of being able to communicate effectively, Mm -hmm. those skills of being able to recognize um, maybe what your needs are and your wants are compared to understanding what others' needs and wants are. The ability to play collaboratively with other children, Mm -hmm. the ability to respect authority, the the ability to deal with your own frustrations and to deal Mm. with your own letdowns and to deal with the sadnesses and the angers and all of those social and emotional pieces that are learned at that point. What many people don't realize is, is there's a, that science has actually proven that there's a window. There's actually a window that opens and there's a window that closes for that kind of brain development. So what you're doing now is you're forming those soft skills that we look for later sure. in life, right. those social skills mm-hmm. that, that you can tell. And it's kind of an odd thing, but when that window closes and that, that window closes, what happens is, is then that individual may spend the rest of their lives compensating for those things. Okay. And, and, I, and I say this because you never know who you're talking to and mm-hmm. what the level of different types of... Um, reactions to this could be, but you can find yourself in situations maybe where there's a social awkwardness with folks, right? Right, And and that's that place that wow. they're compensating for something that they didn't get at that age. Or you go back and you talk to someone like our sheriff, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our, our very own sheriff, Grady Judd, right, has come to our galas and he's mm-hmm. given conversations and you made the reference to the the jail beds and the right. hospital, the jail beds and those kinds of things. But he, you know, it, it it's so incredible that the experiences that happen to those children in that age right. um, become part of what molds them 20 and 30 years down the road based on the decisions they make. Sure. And I am very quick to tell people when you hear about these atrocities that occur in the news or you hear about whatever happens and, you know, so many people are quick to say, 
oh, society this, society that. Mm-hmm. I'm quick to say, look, it's not about what's wrong with that person. It's got to be what happened to that person. Right. Because that's what's forming them and who they become today. Well, and and there again, that's why we're having this conversation yes. because this is something that the citizens of Lakeland have said is important to the success of our community overall and the the continued growth of our community. And so I'm thrilled to know that we have someone with your expertise kind of kind of leading the way there. And I know you have a staff of incredible people as well who are doing that. So let's um, transition real quick and talk about VPK and what those 540 hours mean and why it is that the state has invested in that. And I would ask too, our, I know there are VPA, VBK programs around the country. This is a loaded question. So okay. my apologies. Is okay. Florida on par with other states around the nation and in, in its investment in that kind of pre-K education? Well, that's a loaded question. I know, sorry. <laughs> but it's okay. The The interesting piece about VPK is, is that VPK is a state-funded program. Right. School readiness is a, is a federally funded right. program. that every, So the different states do different things mm-hmm. with preschool-aged children. Okay. Um, in the state of Florida, and I would, you know, certainly if anyone wants to hold my feet to the fire on this, and maybe I should go back and research it a little better. <laughs> But about a year and a half ago was the last time I actually looked at this data. Okay. We were ranked 47th in the nation for funding uh, preschool-aged children out of state dollars. Okay. Which is, which is not good. Not good. Um, and even the two states or, or so that were beneath us were out in the plains somewhere. Mm-hmm. I want to say like a Montana. And of course, I hate throwing anybody else under the bus. Right. But, uh, but it was that kind of a place. Okay. Um, so there really hasn't been enough. VPK was started in 2005. And the idea was, is just kind of a preschool-based program. Uh, and at the time, that 540 hours was funded at $2,500 a child. So whether you're in the school district VPK, which we also fund, mm-hmm. or whether you're at one of the child care centers in the community that has a VPK program, they were getting $2,500 per child to teach them those 540 hours. Right. So 2,500 into 500 hours, you know, you're talking about $4.80 something cents right. an hour to teach these children. And then back in about 2008 or so, somewhere right around there, I think it went up to like 2,600 something dollars. Oh, wow. And then back in 20, well, back in 2010 or so, it dropped back down to $2,500 per child. And up until the year before last, it was $2,500 a child. Wow. So the investment from from 2005 really hasn't been there. Mm -hmm. And it makes it very difficult because you're dealing with VPK as a three hour a day program. Mm -hmm. So for example, parents maybe that would like to take their child to VPK, but they've also got a job that they've got to attend to. What happens after three hours is up? So if you find yourself in a school readiness situation, you might be able to wrap those services around VPK. But in a lot of cases, and that's a whole nother conversation we could certainly get into, is whether or not they qualify for school readiness funding. Mm-hmm. And if they do, then you know it could work. But in most cases, most families are not going to qualify for school readiness based on where right. it is, especially with today's economy. So it is a very difficult kind of a place to be with VPK. Mm-hmm. I would not say that we are at par with the rest of the country uh, for that reason. Right. Um, but the governor, our current governor, has done a lot in the last year or two. We're back up to... which is a lot of money Mm -hmm. when you deal with the 150,000 VPK children in the, in the state, you know, to drop an extra four or $500 per child is a lot of money. So it's moving in the right direction. We just probably haven't gotten there yet. Sure. Earlier you told me how many VPK slots we have in Polk County. Remind me. Yes. So, so we have right now in Polk County, we've got 
uh, 200 and uh, about 270 VPK classrooms okay. or VPK sites with about 70 of them. Uh, no, 239 okay. with 69 of them in the public schools. Okay. So we've got about 140, 150, I'm not getting my math exactly right, but we've probably got about 150 VPK sites in the community. And then mm-hmm. we've got another 69 in the, mm-hmm. in the public schools. And, and as for sites, mm-hmm. the, the public schools are quick to fill up. Right. You know, what the process of getting into VPK is, is you've got to start with the early learning coalition. Mm-hmm. You come in, you register your child. Ultimately, we get through the bells and whistles of what we've got to do to register. Mm-hmm. And then we provide you with a certificate for VPK. Once you get that VPK certificate, you can then head out to any VPK center that you want. The school right. district has got their own policy for how they enroll mm-hmm. uh, children into the VPK classrooms that they offer, or you can go to any of the VPK sites throughout the community and get that there. But at the current moment, the VPK sites in the public schools are very full. Many parents love the idea of getting their child into a VPK classroom this right. year, knowing they're going to transition into kindergarten at the same school next year. Right. Um, so in a and sense, I, we've I probably got about... Superintendent Hyde would probably appreciate it if we said that is not a guarantee. That's right? not a guarantee. That's not a guarantee. But I got to tell you, I have to give him a lot of credit because oh he has goodness. done so much right now to try to work through how he can expand those services right. as well. But on any given day, if you take the school district's VPK sites and you take the VPK sites in the community, we're running about 5,700 seats and we've got about 4,000 children of VPK this year. Okay. And... How many, do you know how many children in Polk County are uh, four? How many? I mean, that's <laughs> another loaded question. Mark's never going to do anything with so, me ever again, friends. It, it's, it's quite all right. I, cer- <laughs> I certainly will. Well, we don't know that for sure, but we do know that on any given year, mm-hmm. the school district is running with about 8,000 children rolling into, v- into kindergarten. Oh, so that's so a that's disparate a good, number, right? yes. So if 8,000 children roll into kindergarten and we're not quite serving 4,000 in VPK, right. that means that we're right around half or in some cases, maybe 49.5% actually attending a VPK class. And that's huge. That is. So what are the implications of that? We know that students who don't come into kindergarten ready to learn are, that that number does seem to be increasing in Polk County, doesn't it? It does. And so overall, our average, I think we were talking earlier, if, if half of the students that are eligible for VPK are rolling into kindergarten and only half of them have gone through some sort of a VPK program, and yep. some of those that have gone through a VPP, VPK program, that's a lot of, lot of consonants, <laughs> sorry about that, but even some of those may still not come out of the program completely ready to enter kindergarten. So we're just lowering our percentage of students who are entering kindergarten in that quote ready to learn space what does that mean for our kindergarten teachers well that's true i mean it definitely <laughs> means something because if you if you look at the statistics in Polk County particularly of the children that show up to kindergarten that never went to a VPK program, Mm -hmm. they're coming in at a 33% readiness rate. 33% of them are coming in ready. Now, you take the children that go to VPK, Mm -hmm. they're coming in closer to, I'm not exactly sure, but somewhere between probably 55 to 65%. Okay. Coming in kindergarten ready. So there's a a 30-point gap difference on the percentage of children coming in, whether you're in VPK or you're not in VPK. Right. And that's just, that's a 540 hours difference over 180 days. That's Mm -hmm. not even 
given if we had more resources and more time to engage with them. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's a big deal. It, it really wow. is when you think about just what that means. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, I often take it back to, you know, I was a career educator in K-12 sure. forever. And I take it back to, you know, what happens with those teachers, particularly for the children that don't come in kindergarten ready. Now, mm-hmm. now there's a whole nother question about what constitutes kindergarten ready. Right. You know, in this case, the kindergarten readiness that everybody t- tends to read about comes from a computer-based 27-question uh, test right. that a, re- a, a pre-kindergarten child takes or a child takes in the first 30 days of kindergarten. You know, th- whether or not that truly constitutes kindergarten ready or not right. is really a, a question. And all of that is because now these early learning programs like VPK are rolled up into the state's Department of Education, correct? It and is. that's so recent? It is, yes. Yes. Two years ago, the state legislature moved the early learning coalitions and the governance directly under the Florida Department of Education. And where where it kind of originally sat out to the side of the governor's office is just a state-funded program. Now that it's officially under the Department of Education, uh, we've got a chancellor, just like all Mm -hmm. the other programs at the state, directly under the Commissioner of Education. So I'm curious, because this is the space that I occupy, in the the private sector, can you tell me a little bit about how a provider goes about being VPK certified or, or getting an official VPK program and what that means? What's the difference between a state certified sanctioned VPK program and preschool? Well, I think the biggest piece is, from a parent's perspective at least, is if it's free, mm-hmm. right, it's probably going to be a VPK program. Okay. But in order for them to, for any provider to, in the state to, that would like to become a, a state-funded VPK provider, they have to sign a contract with the coalition. Okay. Um, and that contract is a, it's it's a very lengthy contract that, that pretty much puts us right in the middle of a whole lot of things with them. So they would have to start by coming to our organization and mm-hmm. saying, hey, I want to be an authorized VPK uh, provider. And then DCF gets heavily engaged. Mm. They've got a, everything to do with the facilities, all the teacher certifications, all of those kinds of things. You know, we certainly work with making sure that the standards that the state is putting down. I mean, it, it's it's kind of interesting to think about, you know, sure. these early childhood standards that come down just like when we unpacked every other set of standards in K-12 over the years. Right. Yeah, I know. I, I was thinking about that when you were talking about the 27-question test. How would I answer 27 questions on a computer? Well, I mean, it's, it really <laughs> is interesting. I did see the test where I saw sample questions of the test one time, and it was kind of like a which animal doesn't have four feet, right? And it mm-hmm. showed you a horse and a cat and a dog and a fish. <laughs> okay, I could do that. You know, okay. Okay, let's talk, let's go back to you as we kind of wind down our conversation. Yes. Tell us how the community can be supportive of um, advocating for early learning. What can those of us do who don't have kids in the school system or are not going to have children that need to enter VPK, how, what can the community do to rally around to make sure that the folks who do need the services know about them, can access them? Is there, if, if you could create a wish list for Lakeland um, or, or Polk County at large to support you, what would that look like? Well, I would say for starters, 
the more folks in the community that really understand what our job is mm-hmm. and, and just being the, the catch-all resource and referral agency. Anything, okay. right. if, if you just remember that if there's ever anything pertaining to a child under the age of school age, right. reach out to us you guys. and we'll either give you the answer or we'll, we'll get you to the right place. Perfect. You know, we, we've got screeners even, you know, if you, if you feel like your child is, you know, not developing appropriately, okay. you know, the ages and stages, we go through all of those kinds of things, right. but that's one, one piece um, that that's a big one. But I think the biggest piece right now when it comes to school readiness, because that does seem to be a focus for a lot mm-hmm. of folks. And, and I've often talked about, you know, when you think about third grade reading scores and all those things further up, if indeed 50, 60 percent of your children aren't on task, you're, you're basically spending 56 percent of your money, 50 to 60 percent of your money on remediation. Right. And that's hundreds of millions of dollars every year that's being spent on remediating when in many cases those things can be stopped early are giving children that kind of a place. So the biggest thing to me is that we've got 50 or 8,000 children a year showing up in kindergarten. We've got less than half coming to VPK. And that message has got to get out there that these parents have got to get these children enrolled in these high quality learning environments. That's the biggest push we could ask for. Okay. Fantastic. Remind us again, the ELC Polk website. ELCPolk.org. Perfect. Fantastic. Mark, thank you so much for being here. And thank you everyone for tuning in today. Um, We would love your feedback on today's program. Please visit lakelandvision.org to uh, help us out with that. We'll see you next time. Listen Lakeland is brought to you as a collaboration between Lakeland Vision, the City of Lakeland, and Hall Communications, a community working together to provide an exceptional quality of life. Thank you for being with us.